0: How many of you know the Lord's up to something this morning? Uh, has has His heart influenced you already? How many of you you would just say, "Yeah, you've already felt uh, a lift of something happening within your inner man." Amen. We just we want to we want to partner with what he's saying right now. We want to partner with what he's saying cuz I, I part of what he's doing with us and it's so fitting right now is that he's delivering us of fear. Delivering us of fear. And that includes shame and condemnation and inferiority, anxiety, even as they talk about it, let's just enter back into telling that stuff it has to go. Telling those thoughts they have to go, telling those emotions they have to go, telling those influences that they have to go. Lord, we just agree right now that, that the love of our Father is superior. The love of our Father is superior. We welcome your love, Father, to permeate not only the atmosphere of this building, of this room, but we welcome your love to transform our hearts, transform our hearts, transform our inner man. We welcome your love to be superior above the theology we've heard. the training that we've had, the classes we've attended, the doctrinal studies, the role models that have lived before us. Our parents, though they were believers and their influence, we allow and welcome right now the love of Father to be superior to all of that. To rewrite our history to reframe our thinking, to transform us inwardly. Father, we welcome your love. We welcome the love of our Savior, the, wel- the love of Christ, the love of Christ to be superior, to be superior, to be superior. The care of our Father we welcome your mending. We welcome you speaking over losses and sorrows and hurts and disappointments and reframing them from heaven's perspective. We, we welcome right now heaven's perspective on trouble. That it wasn't your will. That it wasn't your desire. That it wasn't sent from you that it wasn't to teach us a lesson and that you love us and that you love us and that you love us. You love us richly. You love us deeply. We give you the praise for it right now. Mm. Yeah, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're getting perfected in love. That's what the Lord's doing. We're getting perfected in love. And most of us aren't used to that. Most of us, what we're we're used to, we're used to getting perfected by trying hard. We're used to getting perfected By working hard. We're used to getting perfected by effort, discipline, modifying our behavior. But the word says that his love is so powerful that it's superior to all those things. Now this is interesting, it's not like other things can't work to perfect you, or you can't partner with other things to bring forth perfection. But all of those fall short of the perfection that comes through love. And the crazy thing about working to get loved working to be loved, working to be perfected in love, is that we're going to blow it once in a while. And if you feel that you're only loved when you don't blow it, then when you blow it, you're going to live part of the time in an unloved state of mind. Anybody ever blow it? Praise the Lord, only 12 of you. Whoa, glory. I'm in the right church, full of perfect people. Wow! Yeah, I just meditating uh, meditating a little bit on you know a couple of these scriptures. Um, One, First John 4:18, and let, let's go there and read it. First um, John 4:18. Oh, it's right there on the screen. I don't have to find it. All right, let's read it. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Drives out, you know, when we see the word drives out, actually it's the same word, translated in the King James, it's cast out. So it's actually the same word that the Lord would have used thinking about deliverance or demon power. Right, so it's actually in the Greek. It's ekbalo, Ek, ekbalo. So the NIV, the New International Version, translates it drives, but it's uh, cast in the King James, and it's ekbalo in the Greek, and and it means to dismiss. It means to drive. It uh, and it's from the same you know terminology or thinking that we would get if you were a cattle rancher and you're driving cattle. You know, it's to uh, it's to move actually to cause it to move, and in this case to move from this place of residence to another, right? So moving it. So perfect love drives out, dismisses, ekbalo, um, fear, because fear has to do with punishment. Now that's interesting in the context here, You know, we might think that fear has, therefore, something to do with uh, I deserve punishment. Or uh, on the contrast, it could be not just thinking I deserve punishment, but thinking I don't deserve favor. I don't deserve favor. If you feel for, if you have a little bit of a feeling that you don't deserve favor, that is actually equated to, I deserve punishment. Now you might, th- you, you might not be thinking of it in that context, like, I deserve punishment, but actually the absence of favor is the presence of punishment. So, perfect love, and, and the, the context of 1 John 4 is God's love. And he's talking about how his love is perfect. Right? And so he's pouring out upon us perfect love. He's pursuing us with perfect love. And, and I, want, I want to suggest to you as well, as we think about this, that actually love is the context of faith. And, and I was thinking about this, you know, how that... Uh, um, and I, you know, I hope I haven't harmed you, but you know, a lot of times in church we're we're trying to foster more faith, we're trying to arouse more faith, we're trying to quicken more faith, we're trying to stir up more faith. Uh, we're we're helping you understand how faith comes. We're teaching on faith. Uh, we've we've got this huge context of faith happening, um, but. The foundation of faith is love, it's how much you're loved. So even if we think about, you know, Romans chapter ten seventeen, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And, you know, I'll talk on that, and I'll wax eloquent about that, and, you know, the word, word, there is the word rhema, and it means like hearing the voice of the Lord, and, you know, so it's the Lord taking scripture and making it alive to you, that's what a rhema word is, and, But the context of Romans chapter 10 is truly the context that you are loved. And the words that you're hearing from the Lord, these are like love letters to you. When the Lord is making the scripture alive to you or giving you a word or directing you or bringing you into an understanding of salvation or you've come to the gift of Jesus, which is the superior gift who can transform your life, it's all related to, it's all interconnected to his love for you. His love for you. I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, th- he doesn't do this. John chapter seven says that he doesn't do this. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't tell you one thing and give you another. Right? John chapter 7, 38 and thirty-nine. He doesn't. He doesn't promise you. Uh, uh, I can't remember the words exactly but he doesn't he doesn't promise you fish and give you a stone he doesn't promise you bread and give you something else you know etc you know but one year we did that accidentally one year uh you know we had the christmas tree and uh joel would remember the story much better than me because she kind of hangs on to the kids stories better than i do but so i hope i don't butcher this too bad but uh, we had, you know, all the gifts out there for the kids. And of course they inquire, they want to know what those gifts are. And those gifts, by the way, gifts are a tangible expression of love. Right? So if we say we love, if we say we love, then there will be a tangibility a connected to the truth of, that we love. And actually, the greater the tangibility, the more the proof and therefore assurance to the Receiver that we truly love. So that's why in an ultimate expression of love, we lay down our lives for one another. In an ultimate expression of love, God sent His only begotten Son, right? God gave His only begotten Son, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And we might also conclude that Jesus loves us because he gave of himself unto death, right? And so, uh, you know, gifts are uh, tangible expressions of love. Uh, and, uh, And this is how Father is showing us how to love, by the way. He's showing us how to that there's a partnership between the two. Uh, And so we had all the gifts around the tree, um, to my recollection, and the kids, you know, they get curious about the gifts. And so just in jest, uh, Caleb was asking what was in one of his gift boxes. And one of his, was it you? Was it you? I don't know if it was you or me. But was he shaking the box? He was shaking the box. It was rattling. Uh, and so, who said it? Did you say it or did I say it? You said it. You said, Oh, honey, it's rocks. And he burst into tears. I mean, so it was just in, it was just in jest, it was just in humor, uh, but he didn't receive it that way. And he burst into these great tears, right? Uh, But what's interesting about that is that gift-giving is interrelated to love and Gift-giving says something about the one who gives it it tells us of their deep love for us right And it should have it should have this effect that it should As we we receive a gift, it should have this effect, and scripturally, this is what we're being told to dismiss fear. That when we really see what Father's done for us, when we see the depth of what Father's done for us in Jesus, that it should have this effect and it should bring about an empowering to us that we have so much confidence now that we are cared for, that we are covered, that we are protected, that we are seen, that we are significant, that we have found worth in Father's eyes. I mean, it should have this huge empowering effect that fear is dismissed. Fear is ekbaloed. Fear is driven out. And we no longer have to listen to fear. We don't have to listen to fear about employment. We don't have to listen to fear about money issues. We don't have to listen to fear about health issues, about family issues, about, about the future. Name a topic. Name a topic. Huh? Food. food. All right, good. Food. A man brings up food. Good. Perfect. Beautiful. What else? Health. Potty training. A woman brings up potty training. Perfect. Perfect. You don't have to fear potty training. Hallelujah. Okay? That's good. I mean there's there's not a topic. There is not a topic that we need to give place to fear concerning. There's not a topic that he doesn't have a word on, by the way. Why would it be that there's not a topic that he doesn't have a word of encouragement or strength? or or a, a word that brings faith or a word that lifts your countenance or a word that gives coaching or direction or sets the course or a word that that is a destiny fulfill. why is that because of cuz c- he he's got a faith computer up there and he's just he's spitting out these faith words over you so you no it's because his love is so all encompassing he fully loves you. He loves every part about you. He loves He loves you when he foresaw you, and he's not going to stop loving you. And he loves every aspect of your life to be enmeshed in that love, to be transformed in that love, to, for you to be resting in that love, resting in that love. Is that all right? Healing is love expressed. Sometimes I feel like we're trying to get some of these things from God, almost like a tree trying to, you know, an apple tree trying to grunt apples on the end of a branch. you know, trying to. Like a man trying to force a burp out. <clears throat> How was that for a good visual, huh? Well, I know you men are good at that right there. Sometimes Mrs. Wolf says, You didn't need to do that. You're right, but it sure felt good. <laughs> Trees don't have to grunt. An apple tree doesn't have to grunt to bear fruit. You know, we're, we're, we're going after healing. You know, we're going after healing. We're working hard to bring forth a healing. But it could be the recipients are not acquainted with the love of Father. It could be we ourselves who are trying to partner with God to bring forth a healing We're We're partnering with faith to a degree, but we haven't been touched deeply by love. And the faith that will bring transformation is actually flowing out of love, not just out of a rhema of some word. So it could be that if subconsciously we have questions about our... Our Love relationship with father and father loving us Then it's going to hinder the very thing that we're trying to that we're trying to lay hold of am I making sense So yes, we want to develop faith we want to have faith we want to bring forth things by faith But sometimes we need to go back to the love place. We we need to go back to and we need to check our hearts and make sure that there's nothing keeping us from being receivers of the love of father. Sometimes the struggle is that we doubt his love. We We sometimes block healing because we're not convinced of his love many of us in church and I'm not inferring I'm talking to everybody here but many of us in church we tend to see life through the lens of the prodigal son's brother the prodigal son messed up and was a mess And religion will despise that one when they come and get everything from God easy. And those of us that have been hanging out in the house for a thousand years see that happening and we're like, who do they think they are? That they can just march in here and get every blessing like they... Like they're still a mess. They still got chunks of crud on their britches. they still smell like smoke who do they think they are and too much of the time we are we are therefore we've got this conditional thing going on with God and due to our imperfection we are restricting the fullness of God coming upon us with all of his many benefits because we See, measure, meet and are impacted by our own imperfection. So we're not allowing love to transform us like it should. Let's go on in the verse. Let's go back to First John 4:18. I want to go to the end of the verse. I want you to see this: The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, I can show you semi-perfect people in the building or around me uh, potentially, and I'm being facetious, who have been made perfect in works or more perfect or have perfected themselves in works, but it could be that they still have a deficit with Father's love. And what Father wants of us and what he says is the richest thing for us to receive and to be impacted by and he says that what he desires us to be perfected in, is perfected in love. And the love that he wants us to be perfected in is perfect love, it's his love. And, and of course we know it out of First Corinthians 13 as well, uh, to be agape love, to be without condition love. Why would it be without condition love? Because Jesus met the condition for you. You can't qualify yourself for God's love. You never could and you never will be able to qualify yourself for God's love. After 20 years of being a Christian, hanging out in the church, smelling like a pew, you still can't qual- You still won't qualify yourself for God's love. You can't and never will qualify yourself for God's love. Jesus qualified you for God's love. Jesus qualified you for God's love. And this is how this is how and, and it's crazy here because he says that that his unconditional love, Romans five, eight talks about it, right? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was doing this to prove his great love for us while we were yet sinners if he did that for you before you were even partially clean or perfect why do you think he's stopped doing that or delivering or ministering to you with the same love now that you've been walking with him for five or ten or fifteen or thirty years he hasn't changed the way he relates to you He relates to you with love. And his love is so powerful that if we will yield to his love, it will have the transforming effect to lead us into his character. It's not character first, it's love first. And I think, I think I, that's the message, I think that's the message of Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 So that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. The context of Romans chapter 2 is, uh, is interrelated to sin and judgment, judging one another, um, inappropriate behavior, thoughts, mindsets. But the word repentance is metanoia. The word repentance is not just to be seen as turning away from moral failure or turning away from breaking God's commandments or laws. The word repentance here, metanoia, should be seen as changing our mind. Repentance starts with a change of mind. And what I love about this is that it's God's kindness to you in your imperfection that is meant to change your mind about who God is. How much he loves you. And as you change your mind about him, and you see his love as pervasive, as powerful, as constant, as never-ending, of as without failure. As constantly faithful as you see his love. And it's demonstrated in his goodness. There's no rocks in your gift. You can shake it. And it might sound like it. But it's full of the promises of God. Because Jesus qualified you for the promises of God. In your imperfection. And this is the way Father works. Father Father would rather transform you out of humility than to beat you into submission out of fear or to move you into perfection out of punishment. So when you don't qualify, he still qualifies on your behalf. And so, Father just keeps pouring out goodness upon you if in your imperfection you'll just continue to receive. I messed up, Dad. But I receive healing anyway. I'm not perfect, Dad you've got my employment covered, you've got my finance covered. I'm not the best at that, Dad. And I'm not using the word, Dad, tritely, forgive me. I I mean it as that Abba expression out of Romans chapter 8, but just having that Abba heart toward Father, because he's got that kind of a cherishing love for you. He's got that kind of a cherishing love for you. And if you and I, if we'll just, if we'll, if we'll be unreligious enough <laughs> to believe that in spite of your imperfection, not only does he love you, but he's blessing you. He's helping you. His promises are unto you in Jesus, not because you're perfect. While you're still imperfect, if you are hidden in Jesus, then you are, he qualifies you for the promises of God. This is this is why your life is superior. You know Romans five seventeen says those who partake of the abundance of grace will reign in this life. It doesn't say those who partake of perfection. It doesn't say those who arrive at perfection. It doesn't say those who attain to a certain level of perfection will reign in life. It says those who partake of the abundance of grace Does anybody need that in this room today? I want the praise team to come back up and uh, help us. We don't need to preach on sin today. You can't be exhaustive in every sermon or every Sunday. The word the Lord wants to drop down on you today is that you receive well his gift. And wrapped inside of Jesus Are all the promises of God. Wrapped inside of Jesus are all the promises of God. And this is what Father wants you to receive this season. It will transform your countenance. It will transform your thought life. It will open you up to the rhema, to the prophetic. To the words of the Lord, like you've never ever had. See, some of you, your problem is not that you aren't prophetic and you think you're, you know, I was going there, didn't you? You think you're pathetic <laughs> instead of prophetic? And why do others hear from the Lord all the time? Why do others? Maybe they're just simple of heart. Maybe they've just got less things going on within that are telling them that they've blown it too much, that they're disqualified, that they don't measure up, that they don't merit the gift, that they haven't earned it, and they haven't arrived at a certain spiritual level. And if the Lord wants you to know, the instant born of the Spirit One has arrived at the spiritual level to hear the voice of the Lord. because it's hearing the love of our Father. It's hearing the love of our Father. Let's stand. I wanna pray over you this morning. Sometimes I feel like what's happening is Father's handing us this gift. gift of Jesus, the promises of God wrapped in that gift, and we're receiving it totally different than it is, or we're shoving it away, or we're opening up just a portion of it, yeah, I'll be a better person. Sometimes we just aren't the best at receiving this love. We count ourselves unworthy. We see that we don't qualify. We've judged ourselves condemned. Father wants us to receive His love fully. And He wants us to allow His love to transform our hearts. Allow His love to transform your heart in your imperfection, before you ever arrive at perfection, and open up the fullness of what's in the gift, the promises of God to you. In Jesus you've become an heir of God a joint heir with Jesus and father wants to pour out as much of his goodness on you as he does on me as he did on Billy Graham as much as he did or does on any person on the planet You're the apple of his eye. I want us to sing again this morning, and I want to welcome you just to interact with the Spirit. If you want to come around the front. When we get to that part, fear, go. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I want you to raise your voice. Raise your voice, and don't just name fear, but name the inner imagination the inner voice, the inner thoughts, whatever it is that's keeping you from fully receiving Father's love, the fullness of His love, not just Jesus as fire insurance, not just Jesus as He'll get me home and I'm forgiven, but Father is pouring out the fullness of the promises of Jesus in my life, on my life, because He's qualified me for those blessings. Whatever's keeping you from that kind of faith.